Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. So welcome to The Modern MD. This is Dr. Greg Goodman. We've got Dr. Chi Lee. He's a physician executive at InterSystems in charge of clinical strategy for InterSystems Healthcare Strategic Informatics Platform. He shapes the global product direction and accountable care strategy to meet provider organization needs around high performance, patient safety, quality improvement, and cost control. Dr. Lee previously held product leadership positions at Harris Healthcare, Partners Healthcare, and several healthcare IT companies. So welcome to the show, Dr. Lee. Thank you, Greg. You know, as we start today, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about you personally and kind of your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, uh, sounds great. I think I will start when uh, when I grew up in China and uh, my un- undergrad was electrical engineering. And uh, so I've always liked the engineering and the technology aspects of it. Uh, when I moved to the country, I finished my degree in electrical engineering and worked in a large global human resource management consulting company for several years uh, before applying to medical school. And uh, I think uh, that part of experience was very important in uh, shaping uh, how uh, what I could become. And part of it is that there's a fair amount of business travel around the world looking at how the companies are succeeding in uh, really helping on the large scale, large companies in different countries and uh, traveled to uh, different parts of the world, including Australia and Europe and uh, South America, really opened my eyes about uh, uh, how many aspects of the business are running. When I was applying to business school, uh, applying to medical school and a key part of my wish was uh, to apply to something that can also give me a sufficient amount of uh, business education as well. And uh, when I looked at, at the programs around the country and the Tufts uh, really stood out with the combined MD MBA, uh, since I spent a few years before medical school already, and so I was uh, kind of starting late, uh, so I thought a combined degree within four years uh, will be very critical. During the medical school, it was interesting that uh, this is also where the technology boom between 1996 and the 2000 uh, became uh, fairly impressive, where given in Boston, there are tons of discussions, opportunities around so it was in our environment that really got me to be also interested in technology innovation while pursuing the medical education. And uh, Tufts was also fairly interesting. There's a group of individuals, the students, they are very similar. Uh, so in the pro- program, they were able to talk about ideas and experiment with a variety of things. And uh, it was uh, at that time that I thought maybe there is a good opportunity for me to explore other type of opportunities from the medical uh, medical education track. When I graduated, there was an opportunity in many of the companies in Boston, uh, similar to many of my, several of my classmates. Uh, that year, there were about 14 of us in the MD MBA program. About six of them decided to do something different from medicine. So I thought, oh, there are a few others doing something similar. So I reached out to a couple of friends, and some of them used to be It's actually through the mentoring program where uh, they actually have been, either they graduated from Tufts Medical School before or they've been working together with the school quite closely. And I think that part of uh, help was very important. And uh, so I got a product management job initially at this company called HPR, which is part of McKesson. They do 
analytics solutions from the payer data and focusing on physician profiling and a practice pattern analysis. Uh, so that was how I got started from the product management side. It was quite interesting and really interesting in the way that how a company will grow uh, from a, a fairly traditional the McKesson companies and uh, getting into these new areas. And then uh, quickly after that, I got in touch with uh, a local uh, startup company and uh, which was well-funded. Uh, the company's called Patient Keeper. I got to know the uh, one of the key founder of, at the Patient Keeper. And he thought that since he's going back to residency training, he thought maybe I could help take over to define the product for the physicians focusing on the mobile computing and again it was very interesting exciting era where there's a uh, lots of a uh, talk and uh, certainly I would now looking back is wishful thinking about how technology can help the clinicians but it was very interesting I was uh, very uh, certainly impressed by the office and you know, tons of Herman Miller uh, furnitures. I've never seen that in a hospital, and uh, so that part was interesting too. And uh, certainly the dynamics of the individuals, it's very alpha male and uh, very aggressive, and I like that. So I joined that and uh, spent uh, really about uh, uh, almost two years of building product and really enjoyed it. And uh, But at that time, I also realized it is very important to go back to uh, the clinical side to understand uh, really the patient care, and I thought, that would be useful to go to a local, fairly large hospital, Partners Healthcare. And uh, at that time, it was uh, through a uh, headhunter was able to connect me with uh, uh, my boss, uh, Black, uh, Dr. Blackford Middleton, who's running the CRD group, a very impressive group that running the product management and also the decision support services. And in addition is uh, to conduct many ARC-funded research, really at the cutting edge. So that role was uh, very interesting. I really liked it because it's actually at the provider side. And the secondly is that I'm um, doing a fair amount of uh, product management, really leading a very important product called the longitudinal medical record at the partners, used by all the clinicians and also a key part of the organization's overall objective uh, strategies around the quality improvement, patient safety. And uh, so it was very exciting for that part. In addition, as it has a very healthy percentage of uh, uh, research focusing on the uh, really the cutting edge around decision support for patients, decision support for physicians, and the population management. And uh, so it's a very exciting mix. And uh, at that time, so I thought that for uh, for those uh, uh, for those projects that will really give me a foundation, uh, very much of a solid foundation about what works, what doesn't work. And uh, I've seen many th- sides on from the vendor side. Smoking mirrors, it's not really that good. So I think Partners was a very good uh, uh, training background uh, for me to learn how to evaluate technology. And also the clinicians, the network that I was able to build from a professional point of view was also very useful. From there, I got in touch with a company CEO. Uh, the company is called Carefax. And it was interesting. It's a startup company, uh, clearly on the track to get acquired. So I thought that would be another interesting experience where I could really live through uh, the startup growth process and uh, where the the board also has a fairly aggressive growth plan uh, to grow certainly the product offerings to be more clinical, but also international growth plans to the European market and the Chinese market. Uh, given I grew up in Shanghai, and uh, while I was at the Partners, I uh, was teaching at the Partners at uh, the Harvard Public School, uh, Public School of Health, the China Initiative Program, so I got to know a lot of uh, uh, senior leaders uh, from the ministries and the hospitals in China.
China. So I thought that maybe I could also help. So it, that was also interesting. Uh, I think a time where uh, I spend a fair amount of time certainly traveling domestically, but also go to the Europe and uh, and China. Used to. To be, go to London every other month and go to China every other month. Uh, so it was very interesting and uh, got a lot of miles, and, but uh, I think it also really opened my eyes about uh, how the health system is really operating in different parts of the world. And uh, so from there, I uh, decided uh, after Carefax was acquired and uh, I thought it would be good to work for a local company and uh, in Cambridge. Uh, before that, I was working out of my house. It was kind of challenging uh, with kids and everything. So the local company was also interesting that I thought that it needs to be a company that focuses very much on the breakthrough uh, solutions. It has a very solid technology foundations. And uh, interestingly, I uh, through a friend who's already working at in Inner Systems, I was able to connect with the, uh, the senior leader here and uh, talk about the things that we could do together. Uh, really, there's a very good synergy. Uh, and, uh, regarding what I want to do, what they want to do. So this is uh, uh, where I am now. What an exciting background and uh, really very, very cool um, you know, story. And I just wanted to see if you'd share a little bit more. I know you and you know, a few other Tufts MD, M- MBA uh, made a direct transition right out of school. And I'm terming this kind of the, the white coat to business suit section. And what was your thought process? Did you ever have any thoughts to go to residency? Or did you always know that you wanted to be a physician executive? Well, I think uh, it really evolved. And uh, when I uh, finished the med school, and um, uh, there are several folks within the uh, small group, they already talk about they're not going to do medicine, they're going to defer it and to do something else. And uh, so I think mentally, and I was thinking that this is not a, an unusual thing. Um, but um, uh, but in terms of uh, to uh, getting getting myself ready, and because prior to medical school, I already spent uh, several years working in a fairly large company, and uh, so in my mind, I'm also fairly comfortable uh, in doing that. And uh, so for me, it's uh, there's a comfort in a way that uh, if I didn't really like the uh, the business side of it, it's very it's going to be very easy for me to go back to the medicine aspects of it anyway. And uh, so there wasn't any really any any sort of a uh, I think a I uh, feel like it was going to be a difficult thing. Uh, and uh, in terms of uh, the transition, uh, it was interesting. I think uh, I think there was a, uh, the, the certainly when I talked to my uh, former classmates and uh, really definitely were doing different things. I remember meetings at, at Brigham and uh, I saw one of my classmates who's doing the ED residency and he's looking at me wearing a suit and we all look at each other. But at the same time, I think the key thing is uh, we're all doing things that we love. And uh, I feel like I really love the technology and the business environment, promoting technology, uh, defining solutions, creating solutions, and uh, helping the doctors, helping patients. And it's something I love. And uh, for the physicians, they are doing the traditional medical training track is also something that they love. And uh, so I think that was really the key. You do something that you love, whether it's a white coat or business suit. uh, It really is just a different uh, layer that you have. Kind of one last question, you know, with regards to that. Have you have you had any challenges? I, I know, you know, medicine, you know, it's all about credentials and board certification. Have there been any challenges, you know, in kind of your leadership technology, you know, physician executive role um, where physicians don't have a buy-in because you didn't do a residency or has that not been an issue? 
I, I think it's uh, it, it could become an issue if you portray yourself as a physician, just like the physician that are practicing medicine. And I do not do that. And I will tell them that I did not do a residency, and uh, I make that very very clear. But I do emphasize that uh, I understand what the physicians are going through. I understand what hospital want to do, and uh, for the chair of the departments, and uh, for chief medical officer or chief quality officer, I understand what they are trying to achieve and I think uh, my experience at the partners healthcare uh, really working with the physicians and focusing on the technology impact and adoption that actually resonates really well with the clinicians that I speak to and uh, from a product point of view I think it's actually very good in a way that uh, uh, in a way that I could uh, combine uh, really the medical aspects of it regarding also what the technology can do uh, is able to do and also really understand the top line goals about care quality, quality of care and the patient safety um, and also the evaluation uh, the evaluation technology uh, the evaluation of the technology and uh, so make it a very much evidence based so I feel like all these uh, key principles and it's still very much of a, a part of me it's the core uh, of uh, who I am. And uh, so looking back, I think if I say, okay, if I want to spend uh, three years or four years and uh, finish a residency uh, in uh, internal medicine, for example, and or other specialties, it certainly will be useful. Uh, and uh, But on the other hand, I feel like uh, it's, uh, it's uh, in a way that uh, uh, from adding to what I can do purely from a technology point of view, I don't think it's going to add a lot more. And uh, certainly, I was in a, I really, uh, when I graduated, I was uh, almost 30 and uh, going to start a family. And uh, it was really kind of a pressure to also uh, to do work and to try to accelerate my, uh, certainly the career as well. Thanks for sharing that. So the, the next part or the next section is what, what I'm terming idea to venture. I know you've been a part of both larger companies and startups. And I just wanted to see if maybe you would share kind of your experiences as, as a physician entrepreneur in one of the startups, either Patient Keeper or the, the company's called EviPath platform that you're um, working on in, in China. Yeah. So the in terms of uh, the ideas, I think uh, there uh, you – uh, you will find yourself either you are the ideal person or you are the ex- uh, execution or operational person. And uh, for me, I just have this uh, uh, th- this uh, interest in uh, creating new things. I think along the ways you can find many ways uh, to turn an idea uh, into a particular problem. I think uh, by by nature, all the physicians are problem solvers. And we look at a patient and we look at uh, challenges within a department about things that need to get done. And we will think about creatively about how to solve that. And that's really the core of it. In terms of uh, starting ideas uh, and uh, in, and turn that into a product and into a company, uh, that part will take a lot more. Uh, a lot more in the sense that uh, I found that you you should realize that uh, you cannot do everything by yourself. You need to work with other people, and also in many cases, uh, uh, learning to let other people to be responsible for a core part of what you want to achieve. Uh, that part is a, is a kind of an important transition. I think that's also a challenge where uh, physicians are what we call in a in the business world a specialist and to turn that into a manager type. Uh, it's a big transition. Many companies struggle with their top performers, turn them into a management role. So as you're thinking about, I got this idea, turn that into a product and uh, I cannot do everything by myself. I want to stay 
say focus on what I'm good at, but getting the people that can do the other parts that you don't think it's critical to who you are, but it's important to the company, and also feel confident and uh, really be at peace regarding what the other person can do, uh, what you want them to do. And that part takes a little bit transition. I think uh, for the, certainly the startup and the patient keeper was uh, a little bit different, and uh, the. Uh, the initial founder has a set of ideas and what, what, what they were focusing on is really the best user experience for the physicians and making the best impact. So very much of the ideas are already there. And my contribution will be more around the detailed designs and also really understand what the customer wants and listen to the customers and figure out what the product will be. And EpiPath was an interesting story. and. Uh, it was uh, it was based on some some kind of observation where there is a certainly the need in China and where the health system is completely different. At the same time, the U.S. health system has its own challenges, but has many things that the Chinese healthcare system can benefit from. And uh, it was interesting. I started that with a friend of mine and uh, both of us were thinking about the same problem and uh, almost uh, by coincidence that we were able to meet and uh, through a mutual friend and uh, in that particular uh, situation uh, it was interesting I found a person that's like-minded very successful entrepreneur and uh, was able to talk through how can we get this off the ground and uh, he has a huge network and I have some network, uh, but we were able to really benefit uh, from each other's contribution. In addition, is also the personality-wise, we're also very good, a very good fit. And I think uh, the lesson learned there is that uh, I see a problem, but I don't think I can pull this off myself. But uh, through networking, through discussion with other folks, you might run into people that are maybe interested in doing what you want to do and uh, together, but they're coming at a different angle, different strength, and just be mindful about trying to uh, look for that type of individuals. And uh, certainly doing and get an idea done by yourself is exciting, but I think in many cases it's going to be very, very challenging. Uh, having a couple of having, having other co-founders is actually very helpful. You can feed, uh, feed, off, uh, feed the energy off each other. Uh, and when one person is a little bit uh, depressed and the other person can cheer him up, and uh, you know, there are many moments like this which I think is very important. Couldn't agree more with you. One of the things that I wanted to see if you'd share, I know you've been a part of a lot of, you know, different ventures and, you know, one of, I think, people's biggest fear in, in entrepreneurship is failure. Has there been, you know, a story or any sort of lesson that you could kind of draw on about a company that you're working with, either one of the two you just spoke about and talk about, you know, a time where you guys faced a challenge and, and how to overcome that? There will be up and downs. And uh, so uh, by nature, I'm uh quite conservative. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting. I might be aggressive in terms of pushing product, and uh, but on the business side, I'm uh, uh, quite conservative, especially, and uh, I, I have a family, and uh, uh, so it, that will change your behavior quite a bit. And uh, it doesn't mean that you cannot be an entrepreneur. It's just that you calculate the risk differently. And uh, so for uh, successful individuals, you already accumulate wealth, and certainly you can take on more risk. But I'm not there, and I have a family, and I have commitments, and uh, so in looking at the risks and uh, potential downsides, you just need to be able to uh, be able to understand what kind of a uh, risk that you are taking. And uh, so for me. Uh, the, the, this uh, certain amount of risk, for example, I cannot take. You know, very simplistically put, for example, I cannot cannot quit my full time job to do a startup and a hundred percent, and uh, just not possible. It's just not possible at this point. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there are. 
uh, capacities that I can create and uh, and also uh, define my contribution uh, carefully uh, so that my idea, my vision is still hold, but at the same time, uh, the, the effort that I put in uh, and also the, the payback, uh, it's, uh, it's not going to negatively impact uh, what I need uh, for my family. And that's really important. Uh, so I think it's... Uh, for uh, for individuals that are different stage of life, when you look at how much risk you are taking, uh, a big part of it is, uh, is your personality, and uh, you don't need to be a very very risk taking uh, type of an individual. And you can define your participation uh, so that you can minimize those risks. And uh, so I think there are many arrangements that for entrepreneurs to do, and you can have co-founders, you can have angel investors, cover a lot of expenses, but your contribution can be in a sense that do not negatively impact the other commitment that you have in life. That's some incredible advice. And, you know, I think that's great thinking about your risk profile and uh, at different stages, like you're saying, can take more risk. I'm full time in a startup. And if you have family and kids and responsibilities, that's a a whole different ballgame. So kind of going into our last section, I'm terming it not our typical business rounds. And, you know, this is kind of where we're hoping you can share some golden nuggets and some information. So I know you've shared a tremendous amount, but were there any great books that you've read or anything that you could share as, as far as uh, resources that, that you'd like to share with our listeners? I think there are certainly a, a lot of books and uh, you can read. Some of those are more business-oriented, Blueprint to a Billion, and uh, so I, I like that book quite a bit. Uh, looking at the key components of uh, how you should focus on in the business, but uh, those are typically large-scale businesses in the for entrepreneurship. I think there are quite a few books out there. Year 2000, there are actually tons of books and uh, related to Silicon Valley cultures and things like that. But I think just maybe honing in a couple of uh, golden nuggets, I found in a sense that you also really want to be careful about how you want to be viewed in the company. And I define myself, for example, I'm not just the idea generator, but I'm also the person getting the work done. To get the work done, there's a tons of a communication that you need to do, and not necessarily making friends. Uh, it's important in a very small startup. You got to make friends. It's like a family, uh, but in a way that you need to realize that uh, everybody's going to be busy, and you almost by pitching ideas to your coworkers so that they can pay attention to what you want to do. And a big part of the skill is is going to be around the communication. You have a good idea, and uh, sometimes you don't want to portray this as your idea, but rather it's what the customer wants, what the market wants. And you spend uh, every little bit time to influence your coworkers or the executives above or the, your employees that report to you. And all this becomes uh, very important. So I think uh, what the, the golden nugget here may not be a golden nugget it's that shiny, but really focus on the communication and be, I would say, over communicate. And uh, it depends on the target and other individuals you want to be precise and also probably change your communication style uh, based on their what their personality is. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, there are individuals that like to follow the rules. So if you portray your idea into the this is the rule, then it's easier. Other individuals uh, really like have their own ideas you want to talk about these ideas so that turn into the other person's idea so that he or she will think that's his or her idea and then be really supportive in that. So there are all kinds of individuals that you need to look at, their personality, and uh, focus on education and the communication uh, so they will do what you want to do. And uh, that's fairly important uh, even in the startup. That's great. I mean, communication and, and like you're saying, how to frame the conversation to you know, get the other person to believe in the vision. Kind of the last question, and, and one thing I've noticed with a lot of successful physician entrepreneurs like yourself, 
is they have certain daily disciplines. Are there certain things that you do every day that you'd like to share that you think have led to some of your success? I'm not quite that disciplined, and I had uh, tried to, certainly depends on the weather, and um, I like to run, but I've not been really do that every day. One thing I do every day is reading Wall Street Journal, and uh, it's just an impressive uh, insight into what's happening and in the business world, not just healthcare. And uh, so that reading part is uh, really my key thing that I do every day. I don't think there's any other daily routines that, that I do, like medication, uh, meditations or running or uh, something like that yet. That's great. I know it's challenging to run in Boston. You know, you never know what the weather's like. Dr. Chi Lee, thank you so much for joining us on The Modern MD and, you know, sharing your incredible entrepreneurial journey. Thank you very much, Greg. Uh, you're, very, uh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.